I feel horrible. Oh, no. We shouldn't have put this off until the last minute to record. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm not going to get a good pepto. performance out of you, am I? No, I'm a professional. <laughs> I am a professional. Mm. I can do this. I'm fine. Mm. You're talented, but a professional. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're easily swayed by mood and feeling and level of engagement and <laughs> that is not true boredom will shut you down when have i been like that when <laughs> never your whole life i have never done that what you're talking about <laughs> like i just don't, don't feel like it today don't, so fuck sports it. don't come up and you don't do sudoku there's nothing for me to say or do <laughs> Well, I do I do well, say things. I contribute. I pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Well, a professional would say, you know what? I'm going to learn a little bit about sports. So I, I, can I have know a, a little bit about sports. So I can have some conversation here. What? Sudoku. No. no, it doesn't make sense for me to start talking to someone about sports when I need to have more invested A and B, a history of knowledge. Speaking of which, there's another topic, history. Sudoku. <laughs> I have a role to play on the show you are talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's just a role. Yes. Mm, Sudoku. There are people have different talents. Mine is playing Sudoku. <laughs> I can play Sudoku <laughs> and do my job. That's true. Listen, women are inherent multitaskers. Yeah, some of the best. Helen Keller helped lead the blind while playing Sudoku. She, she was really good at being blind and deaf at the same time. That is multitasking. Brodoku. <laughs> Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ, and it's my week. To choose the topic. It is your week. Oh, man. I'm dropping stuff already. Well, I'm playing dropping with a, the cap. I like to fidget when we record the show. And I was playing with this bottle cap and I dropped it. So I apologize for that. Uh, and yeah. it really seems like that's going to be incorporated in what this topic is. And that was like a whole charade that you just did. But it really isn't. No. There's no charades. <laughs> I don't like charades. I don't like playing charades. What about charades? No. I really like charades. I know you do. You tried to get me to play it once. Yeah, you're a real stick in the mud about it. Uh, it's it's one of those party games where I feel like people who play it in my mind growing up were boring. It's like, why don't you go do something fun? We're sitting it around. It can be fun. We're sitting around. We got nothing else to do, but we're in the suburbs. Play some no, charades. We, listen, that was not. We weren't duck. doing that. Duck, duck, goose. Yay! It was you and me, and I think we were bored or something. I don't remember what it was, but I was just trying to get you to do it, and you wouldn't do it. Oh, yeah. Or that, you would, but you're like, Ugh, I don't know, what's that mean? Two? I'm like, you know, two syllables. This is what you okay, what? Mm, I don't know. That wasn't commentary on you and or, or us playing the game. It was just commentary mm -hmm. of the game in general. Okay. Sometimes it's hard to move past things. You have a preconceived notion. Sure. So I was thinking about this week's topic, and... Uh, you know, all the corona's going on right now. And everyone's talking about that. Mm -hmm. And 
I didn't want to talk about that. I don't think you wanted to talk about it. It's been I talked about to death. But with the social distancing that's supposed to go on, you're supposed to stay inside and not really go out. And I was thinking about the things you can do. And one of those things is, is watching movies, right? Yeah. That, that falls into the category of the six things I can do while I'm distancing myself from society. What are the other five? I knew you were going to ask. Uh, baked banana bread, which I did last night. One. Uh, I found the Google Cardboard under my bed and looked at some VR porn. Oh, excellent. Two. Yeah, it's really weird, by the way. I mean, it's not... It's it's just weird in the sense that... Nah, never mind. I don't want to get into it. Okay, that'll be a different one. Three. Virtual porn. Yeah. Okay, three. Three is clean. I poured pine sol all over my apartment. Okay, did you have any way of spreading said pine sol around? Yeah, I had a sponge. Okay, were you on your hands and knees? Uh, at one point I was. Yeah, did you have a bandana tied around your head? No, the oh. bandana was used for some cleanup earlier. <laughs> After the VR play? Hey, no, you... <laughs> Four? Four is just sit on the couch and stare. I found myself uh, doing that uh, earlier. Nice. I don't know, I was just staring at the ceiling. It didn't what go on. Feeling? It didn't go on for too long, but I was thinking about the state of things in the world yeah. and where things were going and uh you know who was going to get sick because of me. Right. See but- there's a I don't think I'm not worried about just to explain what the hell that means. I'm not worried about getting sick myself, but you know, I'm around people and uh there are some people that I know who are older and I don't want to get them sick, so I thought this is what I'm supposed to do, sit inside and then watch movies. And so that leads me to the topic, which was I was going through movies and thinking about movies that I liked when I was a kid. And I posed a challenge to you, Autumn. I said, give me your top five movies that you like to watch when you were a kid. Now, the definition of being a kid is completely arbitrary. It makes zero sense. I put a limit on the year that you could pick a film. It was anything 1993 and before, which doesn't really make sense considering we were born in 82. So 93 puts us at 11. So why is 12 suddenly not being Hmm. a kid? I could have at least said 13, even though you are still a kid, but I could have capped it there. I mean, teen, right? Yeah, but that would have pushed it to 94 and I still put a limit on 93 for some reason. So, you know, I went through quite a bit of movies and it was hard. It was hard to to come up with a list. And I'll tell you what's not on it. E.T. I never liked E.T. E.T. bored the shit out of me. Bored? I snooze snooze fest with E.T. My finger glows. I call home. The bicycle flies. Nothing. I got nothing out of it. Okay. And, uh, you know, your poor daughter with the name Elliot. Yeah. Hopefully she's young enough at this point where she's not going to get that. But I, I know people named Elliot growing up and I was annoyed for them. Elliot. I was like, okay, that's enough. Leave Elliot alone. Okay. Elliot, my <laughs> finger glows. Let me put my glowing finger up your butt. Um, <laughs> brings a whole new. Is that what is this? Is this? Are you also taking that from your childhood? And a lot of people suggested to put. Fingers up your friend Elliot's butt? Well, I don't know. Sometimes traumatic events, you block them out, right? Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what else is not on there. 
This one's going to bother some people. Okay. The karate kid. <gasps> Greg, no. No. This changes everything I know about you. What is it? You don't like the karate kid? Okay. It's not a fair assessment. I think the karate kid is fine. I base it on the video game, which was very difficult. Okay. Wait, no, 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 but it's, it's poisoned my memories of the movie because the video game you're running and at some point there's bad weather and the wind is blowing you back and it's hard to make, and you have to catch flies with chopsticks. I didn't, (laughs) I wasn't a big fan of it. It was a difficult game. So that did not make the list. I also, I didn't watch the Karate Kid a lot. One of the things that I, one of the criteria was a movie I watched over and over and over and over. And Karate Kid wasn't really one of those. It didn't catch me like that. But as a film, it's fine. But you seemingly love it. I love Karate Kid. Yeah, And I really only liked the second one because... The Japanese love interest was so pretty. Yeah, all the right reasons you liked that one. Yeah, and he like had to defend her honor. I don't remember exactly why she was like in the mix, but remember it was like um it was like Miyagi's cousin or something. Who was a guy, you know? Oh, that hurt my throat. Now you're done. You've shut yourself down for the show. You've destroyed your vocal cords. I did. And I was going to ask what you, happened? Well, I, I, all the right <laughs> reasons to like Karate Kid too. Uh, you know, so uh, there was a helpless female who needed yeah. to be defended by Daniel's oh, son. Wait, and the, all those people with the like little drum thing that you could like go back and forth mm-hmm. and everybody was, it was cool. But I mean, he did the same, I mean, ended the same exact way where, you know, Daniel seemingly defeated and then he da, 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 da. he does like one move that wins the day. Well, give me the line. Give me the body bag line. Yeah. Let's give Get it him to a him. body bag. Yeah, hey, put him body Finish bag. Finish him. Johnny boy. Whatever your name is. Great. Yeah. Whoa, look at the crane move. I hate my, this bike. I hate my stupid bike. Daniel, why are you throwing your bike away? <laughs> Those guys still make a living off of that movie. They show well, they up. made that thing. They made that new reboot thing that was kind of cool, right? It was like the follow-up. Cobra Kai on Yeah, YouTube. it was good. Yeah, it was but clever. Before that, they were still making a living, meaning they would show up at Comic-Cons. Oh, they would? And just, yeah, and people Bless would them. pay to see them. And they'd be paid a lot to be there. Yeah. It's not saying much because I, uh, I also saw Meatloaf at one of those. <laughs> Meatloaf has a has a, a, a history he's woven into the fabric of the music well world. meatloaf was being really insufferable he was in a completely cordoned off area where you couldn't even get a glimpse of him unless you paid yeah. the, the 10 bucks that makes sense too because i think that he does look kind of fragile right <laughs> there's still you people- know he's <laughs> okay so it's it's a freak show at that point it's at the carnival you want to see you want to see the freak pay the entry fee <laughs> It's more like uh, this is not for the faint of fan. <laughs> this is not for the fair weather fan. This is for people who are going to look at him and not judge him. Got it. I see what you're saying. So anyway, yeah. back to the movies. Back to the movies. Uh, What's the list again? I totally ignored this rule. The list was you had to narrow it down to your five favorite movies when you were a kid. Okay. And that the, the, the definition of kid was 1993 and before. Right. And so what's your... Th- so uh, you haven't wait. 
you said one? No, you've said what it isn't. You said I, not I, ET and Karate Kid. Yeah, I started out by telling you what it wouldn't be. And also <laughs> Goonies is not on that list. For some reason, I think there's this idea that I'm completely in love with the Goonies and it's fine. Yeah. I don't dislike it. You didn't it. watch it over and over? Uh, Goonies was one I would watch over and over on TV, but I never, oh, made, of course. I never made the effort to watch it over and over. Wait a second. It belongs on your list somewhere. Because it doesn't matter if you own the movie or not, or, you know, if your richy rich parents were able to buy it for you on Laserdisc. VHS. <laughs> uh, Betamax. Yeah. yeah, no, if, if the list was extended, it would probably make it somewhere on there. Okay. Um, but it only if it was the cut that had the octopus that I never seemed to be able to find again. I've never heard of such a thing. When they're at the end in the the lagoon in the cave where the pirate ship is parked. Yeah. When they all go in the water, at some point there's this big octopus that attacks. Oh. And I don't know what cut that was in, but I the, saw the it. Theatrical release. It was in some. Not the edited for TNT <laughs> afternoon, two thirty PM. But I think even at the point that it was on VHS you couldn't find it. But I that, that's it, it's not on the list. Okay. Not the top five. Um and I, yeah, I don't know how to get into this. You can tell me, you know, your struggles in narrowing this down. Um my struggles oh, were I really just, what? Sorry, my phone made a noise and I was telling it to shut up, not you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sh- hey, Autumn, tell me about this. Oh, shut up. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry, you go ahead. Thanks for listening to One Topic. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I decided not to struggle and I just didn't narrow down my list and I have 30. No, come. You're, <laughs> oh, you're breaking the rules. I don't care. You're a young care. That's also a complete lack of respect for me. I was. You just told me to shut up. I was commissioned. You know, you know what is on my list? E.T. Yeah. Wait. You know what else is on my list? Karate fucking kid. Okay. Hold on a second. If you've got 30, did you rank them all? Where is E.T. falling on that list? Um, It really was just, you know, what came to mind first. So you didn't rank anything. You just threw it down on a sheet of paper. <laughs> just just uh, jotted about 30 movies down on a paper. Okay, read the movies. That's not, don't get into any kind of commentary on them. I just want to hear the full list. Okay, the full list. Are you ready? Yeah. Secret of Nim, E.T., Dark Crystal, Star Trek IV, <laughs> Grease, <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Goonies, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Care Bears, which I forget what the Care Bears movie was, but it was one where this guy froze things and they had to warm him up with their hearts. <clears throat> Follow that bird. Labyrinth. Willow. See how Labyrinth and Willow kind of go together? Mm-hmm. Home Alones. Both of them. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Never Ending Story. Adam's Families. Both of them. Because, ugh, the second one is so good. The Witches. Hey. Hey. That was honorable mention. It didn't make my list, but I was yeah? thinking about the witches. Now I'd said no commentary on this, but let's stop here for a second. Oh no! Oh, so you can stop? Well, you because can stop commentary. No, you have nothing to say. You okay? You talk about the witches for a second. No, I'm not. I'm not commentarying because I'm reading the list. But I don't want to go back to it. Now we're here at the witches because Angelica. Right, witches are what your, a performance! On your mention. Such makeup she had to sit through, Angelica. Yeah. And, uh, and Doll hated it, of course. Who? Doll. Doll? You, do you know who wrote The Witches? No. <laughs> Don't laugh with your snarky ass laugh. Roald Doll. 
Okay. Oh, 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 right. He's the one. He wrote The Witches. Okay. He couldn't stand the adaptation. That's a shame. He didn't like uh, the, well, the ending in the book is very different than the ending in the movie. This is the first I've ever heard that it was a book. (laughs) The ending in the book is a lot darker. Oh. Uh, What's the boy's name who's turned into the mouse? Well, he and, his, he and his grandma, he's never mm-hmm. turned back into a person. At the end of the movie, oh. that one witch defected and she comes yeah. back and she giggles and she turns him back into a human and everyone's happy. Yeah. In the book, he escapes. He and his grandma, so like the, the main witch has a replacement. I think the witch is killed, but then there's a replacement. And he and his grandma go back to wherever the witches all congregate. Uh, they turn them all into mice and then release cats. So then the cats kill all the mice, including the boy. He sacrifices his life Whoa. to rid the world of the witches. Wow. So he's never turned back into a boy and he's dead. Okay. Which is an interesting, like, it's a selfless act. It's like, hey, I'm in this position. What good can I do? I can rid the world of these awful beings. Right. So... A bit too dark for kids' movie, maybe. Yeah, he also didn't like Angelica Houston's casting because he wanted British person. Yeah, but Stephen King also didn't like the Stanley Kubrick Shining. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, look, if you write a book, you have an idea of what it is more so yeah. than anyone else because it's your story. But anyway, I loved that. I did like the witches a lot. Yeah, me too. Okay, um, Ghostbusters Space Camp. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Which I don't know if, if that falls in the 1993 rule. Uh, Beetlejuice. Karate Kid. Big. All Dogs Go to Heaven. An American Tale. Fern Gully. Look Who's Talking. Dick Tracy, which I also don't know. Maybe it was. Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead's 91, so you're fine. Okay, yes. And Look Who's Talking. Dick Tracy. I put. All right, maybe uh, I put Superman because I loved Superman. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. Not the second one. I had no interest in the rest of them. And then um, Princess Bride. The second one. You know, like the second one with Zod? No. It's not, it wasn't the Richard Donner cut. Like he Is got, that the one where he cut where they come back? The three people in the triangle come back? Yeah, they come back. But the one that you saw was one Donner. Where they that, were sentenced in the very beginning. Yeah, and then they escape because a nuclear weapon gets into space somehow and just happens to explode near where their triangle is floating right near Earth. Yeah, no, I didn't. No, how? No, see, forget that. No. Uh, well, there's a with with Superman two. Uh, there was the Richard Donner cut. Okay. Which is different than the one that was released. Richard Donner was directing the film, and he. I think I I forget the exact story behind it. There was differences. He was let go. They brought in a new director. The new director made it a little more campy. Then they mm. remember the scene where the guy's eating ice cream and No, I didn't watch Superman. Oh, you didn't see any of them. You know, well, there's a scene where like the the Zod gets out of the triangle and he's down on earth and he's blowing people away with his breath and some guy's eating ice cream and the ice cream flies off the cone and hits him in the face. He's like, whoa. And this wasn't, you know, it got a little campier than it should have. I see. Okay. And then Superman four, sorry, uh, where that sun guy comes to life 
where Lex Luthor brings the Sun Man to life. Oh, okay. Lex get, Luthor. Yeah, I don't. You don't know what I'm talking about, but Superman has to fight the Sun Guy, and the Sun Guy scratches Superman's neck, and Superman bleeds. And I, when I was a kid, I took some gum I was chewing and made it into three strips and put it on my neck, like I got scratched <laughs> by him. I feel like I've seen that part. That sounds very familiar. <laughs> and then the gum got stuck to my neck. <laughs> <laughs> I left it on for too long. Because even back then you were hairy as shit. <laughs> you pulled, pulled there. <laughs> my weakness is not kryptonite; it's gum. Mm, my hairy neck. Wax my neck with bubble gum. So what I like about this list is that there are a lot of cartoons on here, like Secret of Nim, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Well, okay, not a lot. Uh, you know, Fern Gully, even. Um, these movies are kind of darker. And I like that we had the experience of seeing these sort of like darker uh, movies that were also for kids. Which I feel like there are a lot of movies now that are all, you know, either all the all the uh, DreamWorks, not DreamWorks, um, what is that? Um, like Pixar. Toy Story? Yes, Pixar. Thank you. The Pixar stuff. They're all so, I mean, they're all from Disney and everything's like a little bit. A parent dies in the beginning of every fucking Disney movie, but it doesn't get very dark. And I think it's interesting that we were, that uh, the movie, the kids cartoons from our time got a little dark. Yeah, just all dogs movies, go to heaven. Just movies like, in general. A PG movie used to have some cursing in it. And maybe a butt. No, that, you're talking about those. Those are different. What I'm talking about. I is, know what you're talking is, about, but I'm just I'm drawing the parallel that there were darker movies that some of the themes weren't just the safest thing put okay. out there for babies because the children can't handle it. And then also there be they're like, all right, but it's a PG movie, but we can put a butt in here and we can have a curse word or two. We'll throw a shit in. Sure. That's yeah. all changed. And Disney you know facilitated a lot of this because they've bought everything they own everything yeah and they've got their brand and their image so i mean you're seeing more of these children's films than i am yeah and i i was aware of this trend but i'm not seeing it firsthand is there anything new that you've seen with your kids that you've like wow wow i really like that uh There's the I mean, answer. Yeah, no. That's I guess answer. not. You know, there's ugh, I mean, there are some things that are enjoyable. And uh, and there are some things that are just totally intolerable. Um, but there are other things that are, you know, at least like I can sit and watch this with them. But no, there's nothing like the secret of Nim. No. Labyrinth, I know is not a you're talking about animations in this, but Labyrinth. But either what, yeah. It's, it's still pretty dark movie. Never ending story. Did that make your list? I didn't hear it. Yes, it did. No, that's something that. Oh my god! It's got dark elements to it. So dark. I was very into the boobs. Um, in that space where like he had to walk through. Yeah. Oh yeah, the boobs, right? Yeah. So, but would you let your kids watch that? Not right now. Why not? It's way too scary. But so, how old were you when you saw it? I know that's a hard thing to ask because I know I, I remember watching it uh, at Sykes 
<laughs> which was the like daycare that I went to, uh, which is weird now because psych, psych, psychs. Um, so I must have. I mean, I was in elementary school. It came out in '84, so yeah. And at any point, two and after, you could have watched it. Yeah. So you think it's too dark for your kids, but so Ellie is five and Pete's three. It's way too dark for Pete. And oh my god, the horse. And then that scary dog in the cave, which if you go back and watch it now is laughable. But I remember being so afraid of that, those glowing eyes in the cave. I remember stopping it. Like I wouldn't watch past that part because I didn't want to see that scary dog or whatever it was. No, when you're a kid, there's a tack of the killer clowns from outer space for some reason Mm -hmm. seemingly was on HBO constantly when I was a kid. Uh, And that scared the hell out of me. And it's the campiest film you could see. It's supposed to be, but I just saw these creepy clowns wrapping yeah. people up in cotton candy and sucking their blood. And also at the end of Indiana Jones, uh, oh, Last Crusade, when he ages quickly. Yeah, that's really scary. And then Raiders of the Lost Ark, when he melts. People ran out of the theater. Did in, they? In China or, some, or something. People got freaking scared at that movie. Which one? Raiders. Because of the melting? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is something that as a kid, knowing that was coming, I would look away. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see it. And if, if my parents told me to close my eyes, a lot of kids want to peek. I was like, yeah. I don't know, there's a reason for this. I, don't, I probably don't <laughs> want to see this thing. So I get, yeah. I get what you're saying, but also you're fine. You turned out all right, and you watched some of these movies, and you know Ellie being five, almost six. Yeah. She could... You know, I should have put Dirty Dancing on here. Because I watched Dirty Dancing a ton, but my mom always made me tell her when the sex scene was coming and she would come and fast forward through it. No wonder you had that boyfriend who was 31 when you were 15. <laughs> Dirty Dancing. That set that in motion. That 31-year-old boyfriend, you were 15 years old. That is oh, wild to me. Man. Stop disseminating lies <laughs> well, and mistruths. He seemed like he was old because he was cool with his tattoos Mm. he has a tattoo on his uh forearm that i drew wow forever he gets Mm -hmm. to remember you the time he and then he uh he tattooed some like uh autumn like fall leaves behind it when we broke up he wanted to like cover it up but it was too big on his forearm so he just made it a part of him you know so he tried to cover it up with something. He didn't try to. No, it was just like he was trying to think of like, what can I do yeah, to let, get rid of this yeah, thing? Yeah, Autumn Leaves, her name. Right? Yeah, sure, great. No, now, see, then he changed his mind and he's, he decided to become at peace with it and he put leaves behind it. Okay, so to remind him even more. Well, to say like, well, it's part of my life and I accept it. Okay, that's fine. Dark Crystal? Fuck. I wanted to be that. There were so many times in the bath I would be playing with. I think I had like a Dark Crystal figurine or something. Or maybe I just had some. Did those exist? I can't remember. I'm sure they did. There was products for everything. I get. Well, not as much back then. What year did this come out? Dark Crystal was. If it's the 80s, definitely. <laughs> Merchandising <Yeah>. was. <laughs> Merchandising. I know it's not the same. Me too. Yeah, there was, I am sure there was 
some kind of toy line that went along with this. Well, either way, I'd be in the bathtub and you know how like the girl, like fairy person that he meets, did they, she, he didn't know that she had wings. And I did a lot of that, that reenaction of like her, her wings being revealed. <laughs> I was really into that part. And um, there was one time, this was years ago that I went back and watched it, I guess on HBO or something. And it really held up. I was really afraid. To, I was like, here we go. Buckle up. Get your childhood ruined by watching this as an adult. But it was so, so good. I think you need to let Ellie watch some of these. Pete probably wouldn't even watch it at this point because he's so young. He just get bored. There's nothing for yeah. him to grasp. So he'd probably get bored and just turn his attention away. Um, the reason I say that is because, well, a lot of these are fantasy films. Mm-hmm. They set it up that life isn't always perfect, but sometimes. Well, I you think can... that other things do that too, like Dark Crystal. I'm sorry, Dark Crystal. We're talking about that. Um, Toy Story. You know, it all ends up well, but there are some dark moments in Toy Story. Yeah, 3. but what are the, what are the stakes? And they're toys, and they could die, but they're still toys. Yeah, guess... but you're you're you've been through. It's also know. it's also a cartoon. Yeah. Okay. I feel like live action. I mean, whatever. You're not taking life lessons from these films, but it does set things up that, all right, sometimes there's difficult situations and things can be scary and you can persevere. And, uh, you know. Yeah. On Common Sense Media, which is a website where you can look at, you know, how people have rated uh, movies as far as appropriateness for kids, what's in it, you know, positive messages, violence sex positive role models and representations it has all these like criteria it says that it's best for age 10 so parents say 10 plus and kids say 9 plus what is the site common sense media I had, no, org. I had no idea that this existed yeah but. it's cool you can look up things that you're not sure about and then there's also things in it where you people will comment and say at whatever minutes in so and so happens and then you can like decide to skip that part of the movie or whatever you want to do. So I assume you found out about this after you became a parent. Yes. On some mother's board. <laughs> no, I just heard about it on a um, podcast that I listened to. Do you it's re- not? What's that? Do you reference this quite a bit? I don't know if I have looked it up to say, Oh no, no, no. There was a movie that was coming out that Travis wanted to take the kids to. And I was like, I don't think that that's going to be good for Ellie. She was like four. And I looked it up and it was not, appropriate for her she was going to be too too much oh i think it was how to train your dragon like four or whatever they are on now but those are cute that's a baby dragon that's trained yeah not this one this one is like the darkest one and it was too scary Hmm. what did it say is an appropriate age what for how to train your dragon yeah six (laughs) yeah i don't know which one i don't know uh where they are in the franchise really well, I have to look it up. I think all artistic integrity is gone. It's just about money making now. And because people complain and whine so much and they go online and they trash movies that they don't take any risks. They're like, oh, okay, well, let's just keep it safe because if we scare one little baby in the theater, then the mom's going to go online <laughs> and start a campaign. And uh, that's going to be the end of our film. Yeah. Which is a shame, but that's the world that we live in. I, I want to start uh, narrowing your list down now, though. Because okay. I've, I've got my five. I want to hear your five. Well, we're going to go through this. I need you to pick your five. <clears throat> um, my, my number five isn't anything too surprising. Okay. But I really, really loved Back to the Future. 
And I would sure. watch it over and over. And I know a lot of people did that. But for me, I think one of the things, it was the first time that uh, I was really introduced to the concept of time travel. And it captured mm-hmm. my imagination. And I felt as though uh, following it required a level of intelligence that maybe not everyone had. But I was young. This came out in 85. You're like, I get this and that makes me special. Yeah, yeah. There was a cockiness to young mm-hmm. Greg, Gregory. You know, Shocking. I think I watched this first time. I was probably six. Uh, and I felt like I really followed it. I was like, whoa, that was like, even for myself, it wasn't me th- feeling superior to others, but it felt as though that took some work. And I, I think I got a lot out of that. And that's all very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And then I liked two and three. I didn't. The, the only one I'm putting on my list is the first one. Three I, I didn't like because I just have never really been in it, interested in the Wild West. I really don't care about the Wild West, I guess. But I loved three. I felt like two was just like. I felt like two was too silly. It was. I guess you know, with her like gigantic breastplate and yeah, his but Biff, over the top acting. Biff made her do that. It was. You're right. Yeah, and I thought that the first one and then the third one had some legit, some legitness in it. I, th- I think the third one stood apart too. Two was pretty much just the same story as exactly as one, with a few more twists to it. But yeah, Back to the Future one. The theme stuck oh, with me yeah. for years. John Williams? No, that was Alan Silvestri. Oh. But yeah, and that was Zemeckis. What did you, you, you had a Zemeckis film on your list. Did I? At some point you were going through. He did Contact. You love Contact, don't you? <laughs> no, I do not love Contact. Oh, no? I thought that was one of your favorites. <laughs> I think Contact is <laughs> kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm getting this reaction. That was just a made-up statement that I threw out there. Like, you oh, love contact, good. right? Okay. <laughs> no, that was based on absolutely nothing because you never okay. said anything of the sort. Yeah, uh, contact. Forrest Gump. That's on your list? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. That was Zemeckis. Okay. No, Forrest Gump. You got Gump. really scared that Forrest Gump was on your Forrest list. Gump Are you is saying not... that Forrest Gump is above? Are you going to start waxing poetic about Forrest Gump? No, I'm not. I'm just, I was listing off another Zemeckis film. Um, okay. Yeah, we don't need to spend too much time on Back to the Future, but the, the, you know, it stuck with me to the point that my AIM screen name was Christopher Lyod because somebody <laughs> else already had Christopher Lloyd. So I switched the <laughs> Y and the O. Okay. And when you could get those uh, personalized, no, not personalized, but the, those custom, when you could assign a ringtone to your phone that wasn't yeah. like built into the phone. Yeah. And I got the Back to the Future theme. Oh, hell yeah. That was great. That was like a super tone. Yes. Which was, How much did you pay for it? Two ninety nine. Probably. I did pay something for it. Do you remember those commercials that you'd see like on MTV and it would just be like some frog? <laughs> you had to text a number like text 2322 for the frog ringtone. Yes. And Who then did that, that? Well, some people, then it was a subscription at that point. And it kept yeah. charging you over and over. Idiots who just, okay. Act- <laughs> Get the new dancing frog ringtone. <laughs> they act impulsively. Um, uh, back to the future. Okay. What's I was going to oh no, wrap it up, though, and I no. forget what I was going to say about it now. Like, it, 
man. What, oh, my logic with the video game, not liking Karate Kid because the video game being hard. Back to the Future also had a very difficult video game. Uh, but for some reason, I didn't uh, apply to this okay. one. Okay. Yeah, that game. You wished that like those space toads from outer space would make a movie so that you could also love that movie as much as you love the video what game. What are you talking about? Battle toads? <laughs> Battle toads. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So if number five for you, now you have Mark to- Mark that time and edit that out. That you No. You know this. I know it's a, I know. It's a, it's a joke of yours now. People who listen to the show are waiting for you to say it. It's your catchphrase. Right. Mark it, edit it. Mark it, edit it. Okay, so now you, through your whole list, you have to pick a number five. Oh, gosh. You should have done this to begin with. No, I don't do what you tell me to do. Um, all right, but it's so hard. Uh, it's so hard. Um, I, I got to put, I got to put Karate Kid on here. Okay. Maybe at the end. Okay, put Karate Kid at five. All right. I ain't judging you on that. I know. My my list may change as I go through. Okay, at the end. But let's put Karate Kid at the end. At the end, you can give a final tally. Okay. A final Matt tally. Yeah, well, nice call out there for Matt. He's going to love that. (laughs) We love Matt. Yeah. He has got a great last name. (laughs) Number four on my list is a very strange one. And it's a movie that probably would not fly today. And it's also not a kid's movie. And I I probably <laughs> really took to it more than I should have. Remember the movie Falling Down with Michael Douglas where he goes on a <gasps> rampage? Yeah. I saw this. And it really, something resonated. I could oh, understand. it's all clicking with me, Greg. Everything about you. Well, this is one of those Back movies. to the future and falling down. This this is one of the movies that these days wouldn't even fly. It's a white dude yeah. who, you know, is having trouble in life and decides to go on a rampage and kill people. <laughs> um, and that's not the part that I took to. I could understand how things weren't going well in his... Do you remember anything about this other than yeah. like do you remember specifics? I remember him going in and he wants breakfast and is breakfast over and he's mad. Yeah, that's one of the parts. So he's lost his job. Okay. Some defense contractor. Yeah. He's getting divorced. He just wants to go to his daughter's birthday party and bring her a gift. Okay. And uh there's a restraining order out against him that his wife has put out. Uh and he's driving on the highway. His car I think the air conditioner goes out in his car and he gets out and just starts walking. Yes. And as he's walking, he encounters all these, you know, different people who in my mind were people who deserved the things that they got. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part that I like. It's like justice. I'm taking it into my own hands because I can't trust the system. This guy is an absolute psycho and there's nothing to look up to. Right. Um, but he goes to a grocery store and I think he wants some change. So he can make a phone call and the, the woman refuses to give him change and there's a like an argument and she brings out a baseball bat and he gets the bat and he smashes the store. Uh-huh. But then he still pays for the soda. Right. Yeah. I feel like there are some <laughs> decent things that happen, right? Yeah. And then like, like I think that he encounters like a backyard and there's a little girl and he's nice to the little girl or something. Yeah. I feel like the people like he doesn't hurt the store owner, but he, he teaches her a lesson. You want to be yeah. an asshole and not give me change. Now you pay the price. See, I'm still paying. I'm not trying to steal from you. I'm not hurting you. 
And then, wow. and then he encounters some gang members and then he gets in a fight and gets one of their knives. And then at some point they come and they try to shoot him in a drive by, but other people get shot. So like that's oh. shitty. Yeah. But yeah, there's a part where he goes into the fast food restaurant and he wants breakfast and they just stop serving breakfast. They switched over to lunch and that turns into a big thing. I'd uh, like a supercut of every movie that does that trope. The, the breakfast. Yeah, I feel like there's a couple. It doesn't even make sense anymore because McDonald's now serves breakfast all day. People don't even understand. What? Yeah. There was a time. Wow. Um, you know, Ellie, there was a time when you couldn't get breakfast at McDonald's. But I know. Ellie, not- back then they didn't have. I were, Ellie and I and, and Pete, we just watched um, Dennis the Menace, you know, the first, that live action one from like 90 Three. something. It's 93. Yeah, 93. And. Uh, he was really bored at Mr. Wilson's house. And I was like, they didn't have the, an iPad. <laughs> She's like, what? Yeah. What the hell did kids do? He just sat around and bothered Mr. Wilson and guessed his secret code to his safe with his coins in it. That was another movie that you and I had recently talked about because uh, Christopher Lloyd and that is so great. Amazing. I know that it sounds like a goofy part and it is. And he's the vagrant who comes to town and yeah. causes trouble. <laughs> who, who couldn't look weirder like could it look more out of place just stumbling around this neighborhood but his his acting really sells that character Christopher Uh, Lloyd is awesome he's a great actor he always brings like a even though look he's playing this sort of over the top sort of character but he does bring some like mm, realistic elements to it and some personal elements to it. Well, there's the scene that we both like where he goes up to the kid eating an apple <laughs> and the kid's just out front. You can deliver the line. I know you were, you were about to deliver his line. What's eating there, sport? <laughs> and then the kid turns around and says, uh, apple. <laughs> uh, apple. And then he takes his switchblade and just stabs <laughs> the apple, takes it out of the kid's hand, starts cutting it up and eating it. But there's like a glance he gives the kid. <laughs> so like that I've never noticed, but then you pointed it out, and we could not get enough of him looking at that kid. Like, <laughs> look at this! I'm gonna eat this apple. Because yeah, that that tells you a lot about that character. It's not just I'm stealing an apple because I want it. He's like taking pleasure in scaring the kid. <laughs> right. He didn't just take. He didn't just stab the apple out of the kid's hand and leave with it, and wa- and let the kid just watch him leave. He was like, nope. <laughs> I'm going to slice a piece of it off. I'm going to look at you while I do it. And then I'm going to take a chunky bite out of it. The piece I eat. Yeah. And there's like some like spray from the juice of the apple coming out of his mouth. It's great. Oh, Chris Lyod. Yep. Chris Lyod. That didn't make your list. I see though. Dennis the Menace. Live action. No, because I didn't watch that a bunch when I was little. I watched it much later and uh, thought, wow, this movie is so good. Uh, falling down though, just to wrap that up, there's a point where he gets to like an army surplus store and the guy in there is protecting him. Cause I think he saw him, he saw Michael Douglas's character, you know, do something to maybe the gang. I wish I could remember exactly. And then it turns out the guy who runs that store is a bigot and oh. Douglas doesn't like that. And then, so he says something to the guy, then the guy wants to turn him into the police and then Douglas ends up killing that guy. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, he got his bigot. You got yours. Now you're dead. And well, then, I think that's that's the part of the movie, right? Is that he is supposed to be doing something that is villainous, so but then you, you also sort of it. side with him. Yeah, you relate to him. And as when I was younger, 
Something I really I was like, yes, yes, all these people deserve this. And I this- cannot wait to see what your three, two, and one are because I feel like I've I've sort of narrowed down my list here, and I feel like they're really going to be revealing of who we are as two individuals. No, but this is the strangest one for a list of movies that you like when you're a kid. It's probably a movie I shouldn't have even seen, but you know, great. I just I feel like as I think as we go through, and once these lists are complete, I think it's going to give us both an idea of who we are. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be like a core sample. There was there was. <laughs> we'll see. We can we can assess. Okay. Um. There was um. Oh, now I lost one of my train of thought. What I was gonna say with oh there was the trope in that movie also. It's like the the detective who was his last day and he was gonna retire and then he had to go on this manhunt. It's like oh, oh. god, it's supposed to be over. My career's over. But why do yeah. I have to do this on my last day? There That's was, a good one too. There was that goofy thing in it. Yeah. But uh yeah, that informed my ideas of, you know, being on a task force that's been approved by the mayor and we're going around New York and people are causing problems for other people and you get to like bash them in a knee. With a, you know what's weird is that Michael Douglas was in a movie in the nineties and didn't fuck in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a good observation. He loves fucking in movies. <laughs> that's, that's how he chooses a role. Yeah, he's like, ooh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, don't mind if I do. How much fucking is in this one? Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's Sharon my... Stone, call my agent. Tell him I accept. That's my number four. What have you decided to put at number four? I think uh, my number four is also not necessarily a kid's movie. I chose Star Trek Four. Which is the search for the whales, whatever. I don't remember what the subtitle is called. Oh, okay. The Voyage Home. This is the one where they have to go back. <laughs> they have to <laughs> They have to go back in time. It's the weirdest one. Besides the first Star Trek where like ugh, someone made this perfect human and it's really the search for God. It's a weird one. This is the this is a really odd star trek movie but it's so great they have to go back in time through different circumstances and rescue the last two whales on earth and uh bring them back to the present because whales are extinct in the future humpback whales and that's a worthy it's a worthy cause it's so, so good. It's great fish out of water, you know, because they're from, you know, this future time period and then they're plopped down in, you know, 1984 or whatever, <laughs> uh, walking around the city of San Francisco. It has what's her name from Seventh Heaven in it. Uh, Admiral Kirk! She's called, they, she, she falls in love. The two whales are named George and Gracie, which I did not understand at the time, is a little play on, uh, George, what's his name? And Gracie, what's her name? <laughs> Apparently, you still don't understand it. <laughs> I know who they are. You still don't get the reference. I, I can't say that I. I can't say that I do. But uh, this Burns, is... George Burns. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so this was one though that I know that you know people are torn. Some people love it. Some people yeah. hate it because it I... is a strange one. It's a strange one. I love it. I love um, the. I love that we get to see Spock doing something more interesting besides just like walking stiffly behind 
Kirk with his arms behind his back saying or doing hardly anything. Oh, except for Wrath of Khan where he sacrifices himself. I love the original Star Trek movies. Did you like the uh, new Star Trek series? The one where they did the role <laughs> reversal with Khan? Oh, um, no, I did not love their version of Wrath of Khan. Um, and there were things about the the first reboot of that they did where they changed where it, the JJ Abrams one I liked it but there were some things about it about it that were bothersome you know like the way that he gets into starfleet doesn't make sense as far as like star trek canon goes um there's these stupid uh shoehorns of fan service that are like that on one side of my head, make me feel, oh, yay, I know that. And then the other thing is like, ugh, come on, you don't have to do that. <laughs> a lot of the reboots, though, so much fan service, which is yeah. okay. You, know, you spend your time with something and you get a little treat for it. I know, but it doesn't need to happen. Like, oh, yeah, it's not the know, greatest storytelling. You don't, you don't need but... to tell us why, um, how Bones got his nickname Bones. He's a doctor. That's what people called doctors. And it was, you know, Bones. Instead, he made this stupid thing where he's like, yeah, my ex-wife left me. She took everything I had. All I had left were my bones. You're like, that's not how that works. That's not why <laughs> doctors are called bones, like old saw bones. You know what I mean? That's what... Anyway, it was just stuff like that where it was like, yay, bones. And they're like, wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait. Stop doing this to me. But no, so... um. Yeah, my dad really got me into Star Trek and we would watch Next Generation together. And I think that this was like the first, I mean, we would watch Next Gen and that's fine. But I think that Star Trek for the journey home, the voyage home was the first one that I was like, oh, I'm really into this. I no, want to know more. Number four on your list. Number four is Star Trek for number three for me. What is it? Flight of the Navigator, oh, which yes. surprisingly a lot of people do not know about which I thought this was everywhere. I thought flight of the navigator navigator was a well-known film, but apparently it's not uh, quick plot. David is a boy. Okay. It's the summer. They're doing summery things. At some point he has to go find his younger brother. He cuts through the woods to find his brother. His brother jumps down from a tree, scares him. David chases him. David uh -huh. falls into a ditch. David wakes up from the ditch, goes home. Someone else answers the door. The house that he lives in, someone else answers the door. He doesn't know what's going on. He goes into the house because he thinks it's a trick, and the people there call the police, and he runs away, and he has no idea what's going on. Uh, it turns out he was kidnapped by a spaceship. Twelve years had passed. To him, it seemed like an instant, and to everyone else, the time went by as normal, and they okay. thought he was dead, and it was... Uh, Strange because then he reappears, but he's the same age and everyone else has aged the 12 years and NASA wants to run experiments on him and they take him into the lab and uh, young Sarah Jessica Parker shows up. Ooh. She's there and she's his only friend and she uh, sends this robot in that delivers food and he gets into the robot and he's being called by the spaceship that they also have, which is the same spaceship uh, uh, that kidnapped him. It's not even kidnapped him, but they just yeah, took yeah. him and ran some tests and he gets into the ship and they break free and they fly around and 
at the end, a risk needs to be taken. The spaceship says uh, that it can return him back to his home year, but it's risky and he could die. And he says it's worth it because that's not Aww. the world. That's not the world. That's the world he knows. Yeah. Um, I think Paul Rubin's voice is the ship. <gasps> really? If I remember oh, correctly, that's exciting. it's either that or the ship just does a Pee Wee Herman impression at one point. But I do think he's the voice. Uh huh. I don't know. Maybe he's not the voice because now I think about it. That's something I should have looked up before. Uh, let's see quickly. Voice of the ship. Flight of the. I know this is not great podcasting. It is Paul Rubens. He does do it. Awesome. I mean, that's uh, yeah. It adds a lot to the ship. Do you remember this screenshot at all? I know that people can't see this. Ah, the glares. No. That giant eye thing next to the kid's head. Mm-mm. Yeah. I don't think I ever that's saw this movie. Well, it's on Disney Plus right now. It's a okay. great short one hour and maybe 30 minute film. It's compact. Well, Common Sense Media says nine plus kids say six plus. Well, kids are idiots. It's too complex. Again, though, there's time travel involved in this. Here's a seven year old that wrote a review. Parents, this is a great G-R-A-T-E movie. There's some bad language and young children might M-I-T-E get scared. But overall, it's a G-R-A-T-E movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a review to trust. The ship, the ship changes shape when it needs to fly faster. It's kind, uh-huh. of, a, it's kind of a fist shape. And then it turns into a much more aerodynamic shape. And when I was a cool. kid, I would uh, roll down the window. And I was in the car with my dad. And I put my hand out the window like a fist. And then I would make it switch into the aerodynamic ship and fly through the air. <gasps> so cool but there's here's another thing uh with this is some time travel and sci-fi elements to it which i really enjoyed and uh you said you liked greece it was the same yeah, director randall kleiser directed awesome. this okay. um th- let me tell you what he started with though his first uh credited directorial uh his his first directorial credit is orgy beach party and then he's got something called foot fetish and then he moves oh. into Greece. He does Flight of the Navigator. He does Big Top Peewee. He does <gasps> he does White Fang. Wow, he did some classics. Yeah, but it's a strange thing. This is another thing I don't think would fly these days. If that guy's history got the he doing children's, he was just a man who probably wanted to direct. And I'm like, all right, here. Yeah, maybe he had some in right in some weird you know fetishy porno world, and he just went for it, and then. Wanted to do more legit things. Yeah, and then he transitioned into these films that now people, yeah. oh yeah, that and that. I can't believe that. It's amazing. Ethan Hawke and his wolf dog friend. I know. White Fang was too sad. I never wanted to see it again. It was a pretty sad. Yeah. Ethan, Get out of here. Ethan Hawke was so young. I mean, at the time, he was just Ethan Hawke, but I watched it, I think, a year ago. I was like, Whoa. Oh, really? He's very, very. To cry? Um, No, but it's moving. <gasps> When the, when the white fang, when his mom's dead and yeah. he's trying to snuggle away. It's tough. I cry during uh, that part in Lion King. I cry 10 minutes before that scene comes up in Lion King. White fang, though. Like, that fa- scene's coming up. The fact they used actual animals. I know. How did they fool that puppy? Was that puppy actually sad? Did they kill the dog for real? <laughs> no, no animals were harmed. <laughs> but okay. uh, you have to be very patient filming with just getting what you need with animals worse than children probably kids and animals that's what they say never work with kids or animals i wouldn't 
But uh, Randall Kleiser decided if he didn't want to go back to porn. Yeah, circus foot fetish. <laughs> Big Top Pee Wee. Yeah, that's I, a great movie too. I know it's not Big Adventure, but Big Top was the hot dog tree. <laughs> when she's eating the tuna, the egg salad over his face. Yeah. <laughs> See, this will be on my list somewhere. Those Pee Wee films, sure. as weird as they are. And I never I really loved Pee Wee. I loved Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, I was going to say, I never really got in. I liked the show, but I never got into it the point where you think I would because it was weird. Like, it seems right up my alley. Yeah. But I, I never got into it too much, but I really liked those. So that's watching no- it now, I think it was on something and I was watching it, like the original ones. And it was just so much. It was too loud, too fast. I hated all the sounds it was making. It is a lot. <laughs> it's a bit manic. Mm-hmm. So that's number three, though. Flight okay. of the Navigator. Compliance. You don't know what that is, but that's a reference to the film. Yeah. Compliance. Uh, my number three is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Mm. I. Uh, that's a Zemeckis film. That's what I was thinking when you said it. Oh, uh, okay. And Christopher Liod. Yeah. Again. Liod. Liod. Amazing. Um, oh, that part with the shoe. They killed that shoe in the dip. I always think that maybe this time the shoe's not going to get in there, but he really does kill that poor sad shoe. <laughs> I like I like that you think that maybe it'll change, which is something. We're talking about movies we watched over and over. There's plot points like maybe this time it won't be like that. Yeah, I've always felt that way in the beginning of Fried Green Tomatoes when that <laughs> boy gets his foot stuck in the rail. I'm like, maybe he'll get it out in time. <laughs> never does. He never does. It's always the same universe. Um. Yeah, I loved that movie. Oh, my God. I mean, everyone was interested in Jess and Jessica Rabbit, right? What a great thing that was. The very beginning of it is such a fun little uh, twist where you're watching that, like, baby Stewie or whatever uh, in, in what you feel like is just like a Looney Tunes cartoon. And then he's like, cut, because... Roger accidentally has birds instead of or stars instead of birds or whatever the difference is. And then you get and then they they swerve around like the camera swirls around to the real world because what they did, they had to hand paint every frame of that movie. They shot the movie on film and then they painted the frames of the movie. I can't believe they so did much something work. like that. So much work. And then Oh, I don't know. There's so much. I feel like everyone knows this movie. How can I say anything else about it? Jessica Rabbit uh, is enduring the fact that people still at Halloween will dress up as Jessica <laughs> yeah. Rabbit. I mean, it's, it's well, people are, want an excuse to. I understand that, but it's 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 saying something. It's kind of interesting that that was such a crazy sexual look as a human as so, for someone to look like, and now it seems like human women are actually looking like that. Yeah, you know, and wearing like, and those clothes that she wore, that dress was too much. These days, like, why? Well, come on, that's conservative. Yeah, you're door. like Cardi B is selling that from you know Fashion Nova. But yeah, like with the big lips, the the exaggerated uh, waist all, to hip ratio. <laughs> yeah, something that you're like, hey, what's uh, what's going to set this apart as a cartoon human? Let's just right. exaggerate all these. Oh wait, no, now it's reality. Now that's real. Yeah. And if you'd um, like to hear more on that, go visit our show, Vanity. That's right. Um, but yeah, I loved Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I, I had a Who Framed Roger Rabbit lunch pail one year for school. 
was very excited about it because I feel I think every year before school I got a new lunchbox. I had a Super Mario Brothers lunchbox. Oh, which one? The one from like the cartoon show that was on? Yeah. Oh yeah. Not, that was like Japanimation kind of? Not the movie. That would not make my list. The strange no. Super Mario Brothers movie. No, the TV show with like the wrestler who was Mario. Yeah. Do the yeah. Mario. <laughs> I love that show. There's a fungus among us. But every Friday they had The Legend of Zelda, not Super Mario. That's fine. I liked that too. I didn't like the cartoon so much. I just liked hearing the music because I was so into playing Nintendo back then. I would play like a ton of Mario 2. Mario 2 was the shit. And then we played a lot of uh, Link. Not Zelda. We played Link. For more on this topic, go visit our episode, Video Games. Oh, it's all... Like, we're all just being woven together. Number two. My list. This isn't going to be a surprise for you. I've talked about this quite a bit, but I used to watch this over and over and over. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <gasps> yes. That's another role. What? Doll. Was that on my list? Uh, I don't remember you saying that, but that's I another. I think so. You know, that was a book also, right? Yeah, I did know that. Also Doll, the guy who did The Witches. Oh, really? He also hated this movie. He hated pretty much every adaptation of his Oh, uh, well, then I don't trust him. Well, this one, he didn't like the songs. What? He didn't like Gene Wilder as Willy <gasps> Wonka. He didn't like the fact it was called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory because it's Charlie and the Chocolate Charlie, Factory, and he yeah. thought it took too much off of Charlie when Charlie was the focus. Um, and that was a choice. Look, there were some things with the film that are somewhat grotesque. The reason they changed the name to Willy Wonka is because they wanted to push the Willy Wonka brand candy that they were tying into the release of the film. Right, and that's annoying. But the movie wasn't made to push candy. That was a marketing thing made after the fact or maybe concurrently. But Gene Wilder didn't go in and say. But Dahl didn't think. He, he thought that uh, Gene was too pretentious the way he played the character. Pretentious? So that was the thing that he didn't like. Uh, he also uh, he also thought well, he Dahl also, is an idiot. Well, it was his. I don't uh, care. It's his. He also thought it's that uh, Willy Wonka should be British and eccentric, which I guess you could argue that the way Wilder played it was a bit eccentric, but he was weird. No, I loved his calmness. Yes, I did too. I, this is the thing. I loved when the kids were doing something. He's like, no, stop, don't. This has become <laughs> a character that people think of when they think of Gene Wilder. So, you know, th that went over well just because yeah. Dahl didn't like it. But... If you want to view paradise, that's such a great song. And the way he delivers it before he bites that tulip drink he's drinking, it's so good. The deaths, though, I guess the kids didn't actually die. Um, but that was one thing that Dahl did like. Uh, he thought uh, that like, they weren't miraculously saved somehow. Well, I'd like that he put kids in compromising situations in his stories. <laughs> I always Well, and they were naughty, naughty yeah. children. Yeah, and they got the way they deserved. I think in general. He he just liked death to be quick and humorous. Any death scenes that he wrote, <laughs> they weren't simply drawn out or sad. It was just, all right, this happened. Now yeah. it's over. It seems like the, is Beauregard, is she the one that chews gum? Violet, yes. Yeah, so I don't feel like she was that nasty. The rest of them were. No. Like naughty, but all she did was just chew a ton of gum. Yeah, she was uh, annoying. I guess. I, I feel I, like out of all of them, I feel like she would be the one right up, right under Charlie. If you had to rank them, sure. But Augustus was just gluttonous. 
Yeah. Anyway, I mean, that, sure, that's one of the sins. But he wasn't really hurting anyone but himself. That's true. And then you had uh, the selfishness and greed of Veruca. And yeah. Mike TV was just disrespectful to everyone. Sloth? Yeah. Sloth? Charlie Buck. Because he wanted to watch TV. Oh, yeah, there was another thing that Slugworth in the books, because there were several. There was like Glass Elevator was a book after the first one. Uh, okay. Slugworth wasn't friends with Willy Wonka in the books. Oh. Like in this one, it's like, he works for me. It was a test this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he didn't like that either. And I can understand that. It's okay. Like, hey, he took this character who's supposed to be the rival, but. You know. I don't think that he would like anything that was put out unless he made the movie. Well, this is the thing. They always paid him a shitload of money for the rights. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay. And then I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to be the, the trend. Like, we hope you like it, but actually we don't care because we just give you a ton of money. So shut up. Because a lot of his work has actually been turned into uh, films. Matilda. Oh, God. Oh, with that stupid little girl that was everywhere after Mrs. Doubtfire. With the lip. Yes. she's still around on Twitter. She quit acting. She made the choice. Uh, But yes, this film, uh, I'm trying to think of the reasons why I, I just enjoyed the fantasy element of it. I appreciated, I didn't understand why at the time, but Gene Wilder's performance in it. Yeah. I was very much sexually attracted to Gene Wilder in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I can't fault you for that. (laughs) And that one lured you me lose. in. Do you know the Do you know the speech at the end? The whole thing? Yeah, off the top of your head. Do you think you could do it? No. Do you want to try to do it? You don't have to try to do I it. I only know part of it. Like, uh, you stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling that now has to be washed and sterilized, so you get nothing. Good day, sir. I think there's way more before that. He's like, you lose! There's <laughs> something he says. The, and then uh, what's he say? He's like something about a good deed, because he, puts he recites. His hand. Yeah, he rec- recites something. Yeah. Um, a, a musical. You know that I like a good musical too. Sure. Oh, the worst song is the cheer up. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I couldn't get into that one. <laughs> no, cheer up, Charlie can go jump she, off a cliff. She's, stirring she's like the stirring laundry. her giant pot of clothes or whatever she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> And then the uh, the the grandparents confounded me. Yeah, I mean, I loved the uh, whimsical sort of idea that the grandparents just sleep in the bed, head to foot, like that. I think just that's kind of. I thought I remember thinking like there. that's kind of smart. Okay. Yeah, and if you're going to have to stay in a bed, four of you, that's the way to do it. Yeah, but then, yeah, uh, he figured out like. That was his motivation to walk. I feel like the rest of them could probably walk too. <laughs> they should all just get out of bed. At the beginning when the, the candy man song yeah. is happening. If he he lifts up the uh, counter, you know, the counter that'll yes. lift up, it hits a girl in the face. Oh, <gasps> it does? Yeah. Watch. Next time you see that. Okay. She gets hit. <laughs> and they just keep going. They use the take. So yeah, that's number two. I love that. All right, mine is uh, mine is two movies, and I'm gonna use it as my number two: The Home Alones. Which I mean, what's that? Which to hear more about Home Alone, listen to the episode entitled "Home Alone." Wow, this is really happening. <laughs> um, I 
uh, I mean, you watch it every year around Christmas. Now that, I don't know, the world is at our fingertips, which I feel like is a good thing and a bad thing. You can watch it year round, which my kids really want to do. And I have to sort of put the boundaries around it and say, no, we can only watch this at Christmas. This is not an all year movie. I totally agree. There was something special. Yeah, it's it's the same thing as Christmas ornaments. You pack them away and then you get to see them again. It's like, oh, yeah. yes, it's this time of the year. That's and it's true. Because listen, your Christmas ornaments are always accessible. They're always down in some basement or up in some attic. You could go get them, but you're not going to because it's special for a specific time of year. And Home Alone 2, because I you know, love New York. <laughs> Do you? I, I, I really like Home Alone 2, I think yeah. more than one, but only because it's set in New York. Though it's very disappointing to me that the, the house is just a back lot. Oh, where he yeah. Sets that street and that house, it's just a back lot. It's not actually in New York. But the rest of it was shot here on location. And, I mean, the other house, the inside wasn't really the inside of a house. No. I mean, for all intents and purposes, I guess it kind of was because they had to do so many things on the sets, but... Well, if you watch that, what was the thing on Netflix? Oh, yeah, yeah. That you the, ruined for me because the uh, narrator's voice really is annoying as fuck. This is us or something. <laughs> Things that made us, movies that made us. Yeah, I movies. This movie. Yeah, which was interesting because they built that whole Home Alone set in a gym. Yeah, and, and they, they had the whole studio kind of like at a school. Yeah, everything was set up. Um, but yeah, that series has been ruined because you pointed out that that guy's voice, which rightly so, is so annoying. Yeah. Could he just please deliver it? Normally. Normally. <laughs> so that I could take in the information instead of being like smacked with it. Yeah, not like he's amped up on cocaine. Yeah, cocaine. Um, what's your favorite part of Home Alone 1 or 2? My favorite part? Uh, I know that we've talked about our least favorite part where he doesn't take one bite of the macaroni and cheese. Oh, the worst, which is really annoying. It's like you made that just that one bite. He, he could have spent less time lighting those candles and more time taking a bite of that Mac and cheese, which I mean, he wouldn't get through much of it, but when do you think he ate next after that? He had a whole night ahead of him. He needed sustenance. Just wasted the whole Mac and cheese. What's your favorite part? I think, uh, you were being polite and asking me because then you. No, I didn't really it. know, but then I figured it out. Okay, what is it? Um, in Home Alone two, when he's getting electrocuted. No, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and and uh. and he's just getting you know more and more fried, and then turns into a skeleton, <laughs> like a real physical skeleton. Yeah, a movie that's already <laughs> over the top and ridiculous. It's like let's push it even more. And then I remember watch. I do love that scene. Yeah, like, it's my absolute favorite. You're right. Um. Uh, but there's still a part it's like, oh, come on. You've gone a little too far now. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I felt I think it's such a. It's such a brave choice because the rest of the movie isn't like that. You know, it's like real people falling down. I mean, it's stunt people, but it's still physical, real things happening. And then to to. I think it's a it's a it's a brave thing to do to say I'm going to make I'm going to do something that has never been done in these movies like this. We're going to put a for real skeleton, you know, just like screaming, still Marv's voice. Well, the Marv? screaming sells Wait, that no, scene. Wait, no, Harry's. No. No, it's Marv. Marv, sorry. Yeah, it's Marv screaming. And then just turning back into Marv again. 
<laughs> they didn't they didn't superimpose a skeleton over him and so it's like you can see through him like x-ray no they just turned him into like a health room skeleton and daniel and- stern's yelling at that his screaming during that scene really sells it that makes it <laughs> Yeah, I also really like when the tarantula is on top of Harry and Marv's gonna be like, don't move. And he has the uh, the crowbar and he's gonna hit him. He's like, what are you doing? Marv? Marv? <laughs> I really like that part. Cause, because their acting is very well done. Yeah, you know, what... we've talked about this in our Home Alone episode where it's like Home Alone 3 can go fucking kill itself because it's over the top. It's too much. These people were doing for real acting. It yeah. wasn't, they weren't like, here we are in a kid's movie acting, you know? No, they committed to the roles. Yes. They didn't, they didn't, they were, they were real actors acting instead of um, real actors like, oh, I'll do this fun kid's movie. It wasn't like that. They were doing it for real. Uh, number one on my list, you can already guess this because I've been talking about this movie quite a bit. Hume Cronin, Jessica Tandy are in it. Okay. It's not Jessica co- Tandy. It's not Cocoon. Okay. <laughs> Battery is not included. Yay! <laughs> Battery is not included to me as a kid. It made me interested in New York for the first. Ghostbusters did this too. Oh. I, sure. I tended to, and I already said this about Home Alone. When as a kid, movie set in New York, there was something, and they, they really interested in me. But Battery is not included. It's a building in a neighborhood where all the other buildings, there's like there's blight in the neighborhood and developers are tearing down all the other buildings because they want to build new complexes and giant skyscrapers. And they're trying to get the people out of this building and the people refuse to leave. Uh, there was a sense of community in the building that to me felt like you couldn't get anywhere else but New York. It was like the... It's somewhat stereotypical, but it's like the artist, the woman who's pregnant but single, uh, the old people in the building, the quiet super who lives downstairs and uh, is a nice guy. But in, in this tinkerer, yeah. Uh, and I ended up living in a building like that when I lived on Sullivan Street. It was just filled with a cast of New York characters, for lack of a better description. That sounds kind of cheesy, but that is the the way it was. Um, so that set the tone. And then another sci-fi element to it with these little spaceships that come <laughs> down and nobody knows why they're really there. I mean, they're, they suck the energy. They plug into the wall and recharge and they have babies. Aww. But uh, they fix things. They're these little robots from outer space. They are very, very, very cute. Yes. They did a good job. And that's a Steven Spielberg um produced film but it's mm. it's got the feel of spielberg all over it it really does what is that Good. it's like a sweetness yeah but it's like all also very clear very clear division there's a shooting style uh the way to tell the story there's very clear that's the bad guy there's yeah. no there's no questions <laughs> asked there's not you know a level of ambiguity or blurred yeah. lines like well i can maybe understand it's like that is the bad guy no, this isn't falling down. These are the good guys. And look, in Hume Cronin and Jessica Tandy, great. You can't really go wrong with them because they're married in real life and they're acting together. And the chemistry is there in this movie. She's losing her mind a bit in the movie. Has some dementia. Um, and there's scary scenes in that because they're trying to get these people out of the building. So Carlos, 
the bad guy. Well, he's not. He's he's the right hand man of the of the bad guy. Though he does clean up his act, or he tries to by the end. He realizes that maybe this isn't the right path for him. But you know, he smashes shit up with a baseball bat. They're still running the diner. Hume Cronin's still running the diner at the bottom of the building, and he smashes it up. And that's when the robots come, the little spaceships, and they fix it. The next morning, it's all fixed. But at the end, uh, you know, the building is purposely set on fire to try to force the people out. And uh, a bunch of the spaceships come. The spaceships come with all their friends. Mm-hmm, yeah. And the score and the niceness gets me to cry. Yeah. <laughs> leads me to tears still to this day. But, you know, I think... That represented a lot of things that I really enjoyed. The sense of community, the weirdos of New York, the sci-fi element of it, um, the looking out for each other. That's it. Battery's not included. I, uh, I, it's on, I don't know, maybe it's not on anything. It was on Stars when I got that free Stars preview. Yeah, I don't think it's on anything right now. Which is a shame. I know. I have it on VHS under my bed. Nice. Now all you need is to go to the Goodwill and get a VCR. A VCR. We bring um, good things to life. My number one is Secret of Nim. You put it there. I yeah, put it there. I think that, yeah. Uh, Secret of Nim. I mean, me and my mom will still quote like sparkly from it. Uh, again, kind of a dark movie. Um, it's like the same animation, I think, from Anastasia, All Dogs Go to Heaven, American Tale. You know, it wasn't Disney, but it was that other animation that I feel like had a very similar feel. Um, I know it's a book. <laughs> I don't know how the, the, uh, <laughs> the author felt about this adaptation of its of the story, but um, as a kid, I didn't really understand the part about the lab. I remember, you know, um, Mr. Eight. No, not Mr. Ages. Who's like the old wizard rat's name. His name is um, Archimedes or something, <laughs> something like that. Um, he's telling the story of how it all happened and like how, uh, Miss Briz, I can only think of her name as the way that the crow calls her, like Miss Briz. Uh, how her husband saved everyone and everything from getting out of the. La- I remember all of that, but I, as an when I watched it more as an adult, I understood um, what I think I would have gotten out of the book if I had read the book. But as a kid, I just enjoyed the the. It had a lot of drama, you know. There was a lot of drama. There's it wasn't just like all leading up to one big thing, which is it was the whole thing of like they needed to move her house because the plow was coming and everything was going to get destroyed. But her son, Timmy, is sick. They needed to move her house. That's that's like that's where it's all leading to. But as you go through, there's so much drama. There's like the plows coming and everyone's freaking out. And then they have to get electricity from the house. And so she has to go in there, but then she gets caught and then she uh, the cat catches her and then it's like so many it's things a lot of up, ups and downs it's a roller coaster a lot ride. of ups and downs which was fun like it you know it can be stressful Exciting. when you're watching something like that but 
when a movie's like that, like that is over. And I think as a kid, when you see movies like that for the first time, you realize the potential. It's like, wow, that can that was really something. I felt a lot of different things watching that. Yeah, it and, wasn't just we're going slowly up the roller coaster that first hill, and then we're at the top, and it's the height, and it doesn't last too long, and then we're down, and we're okay. Yeah, it was like, ah, ah. but you're right. At the end, you actually do feel like you accomplished something. Yeah, or you've been through something. Yeah, you've been through something. And those like watching movies like that for the first time that were a little more complex mm. and understanding them. It was a, it was a cool thing. Oh, she had to meet that. She had to meet up with that owl. That owl, like, he sounded so awesome. And he had, and he ate that moth. So you like the like, characters? You like the acting? I loved the sounds in that movie. When he's like, when that big owl's crunching around on all the bones and stuff inside of his thing. And um, it was an experience. Yeah, it really was. And you said you, you quote it still with your mom. So, you know, yeah. it was Sparkly. also a bonding thing, I feel. If you. Well, she really liked it. And then she made me watch it. And I loved it. So you can find a movie to uh, introduce to Ellie. I've been introducing things to them. Like I introduced the Dennis the Menace thing and Home Alone. They fucking love Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, those are comedy, but there's got to be something like that. Yeah, that's, I know. That's I think a little more complex that, which doesn't need to be now, but you can look forward to that. that you yeah, I do. That one day. Hopefully she gets to have that experience too. And then, you know, what's interesting is like, she's been asking me if like people are going to die, you know, uh, she, we were watching Dennis the menace and the mom was stuck in like Idaho or wherever because of the storm. And she was like, is she going to die? <laughs> it's like, no, she's not going to die. And then, uh, she asked me today, like, what's it like when you die? She's very interested in death right now. Yep. I know what that's like. And for mm -hmm. more information on what I think about death, listen to, the one topic episode entitled death. You know, Pete might be into musicals because, <laughs> huh? Go ahead. I thought, because, you're, I thought you were going to introduce another episode. Like, and you know, Pete may be into socks. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Pete loves socks. That's <laughs> why I started laughing, but you're saying he's into musicals. <laughs> no, Pete's been, I think Pete would be into musicals. I might try and show him because I was talking about Dennis the Menace before I got them to watch it. And I was talking about how old he was in the movie. And then she was asking me about that other thing I had talked to her about, which was Annie. Um, we were listening to the Broadway channel and tomorrow came on. And so I was telling her like, this kid was only, you know, nine. And then Pete was really, he was like telling Ellie was asking me a bunch of questions and I was talking to her about it while the song was on. And he was like, telling us to shut up so that he could he's like i want to hear the song and then the other day he asked me to play it on the alexa to play that tomorrow song and then he was alone in the bath and he was singing it to himself he was like really into it now he's got to show him it he's only heard the song right yeah he's only heard the song I'll show him the movie really blow his mind or i'll just be bored and then you'll be disappointed i know like, hey, well Pete, this is that song you like no bored <laughs> Wait, you're feeling... Maybe she's made me a closet of clothes. I thought you were feeling disappointment for something. No, I was feeling sad because that part of the song really makes me sad. Maybe he's strict as straight as a line. Don't really care as long as they're mine. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry, you're orphaned. 
Comment below on our Facebook page. What are your top five movies from a kid? 1993 and under. Like and subscribe us on iTunes. Um, please tell your friends to subscribe and tell it, you know, tell them uh, it's a Corona free zone. They don't have to hear anything <laughs> about our opinions about Corona and uh, they can enjoy their lives and think about, you know, movies that they liked as a kid. And maybe they can disagree with us or you know, go to our Facebook page and yell at us about something. Go for it. Yeah, just Run. leaning into nostalgia. That's right. Go for it. So, thanks, everybody. Genre. 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 <laughs> nostalgia. Genre. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. Genre. You can't end the show with a Genre. An inside joke. Genre. <laughs> Oh, also, before we don't end yet, I'm going to post a lot of the clips that we've talked about in this episode. So go to our Facebook page to see those. One topic, search us everywhere, like and subscribe, do all the things that podcasters say to do. Thanks. Bye. A genre category. This genre of art. This genre of novel. This genre of game. This alliterative genre. This fantasy genre. This spooky genre. This popular genre. This six-letter genre. This genre. 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 Genres. Hey, Autumn. Do you like hot sauce? You know, I do like hot sauce, but I'm getting pretty bored of my regular Texas Pita Tabasco. I'm looking for a local sauce without mm. any additives or extracts, a company that uses local peppers so it's as fresh as possible, and a company that really cares about the integrity of the sauce and where their ingredients come from. Definitely. And hey, while we're at it, I don't want a sauce with too many ingredients. Mm -mm. You know, a lot of other sauces out there, they have all kinds of fillers. So I'd love to find a sauce with, I don't know, what, let's say no more than five ingredients. I mean, it's crazy, but there's gotta be a company out there that hand processes their sauce. You know, bottling and labeling every bottle themselves. I'm probably asking a lot. Well, you really are, but there is a hot sauce out there who only uses five ingredients. What? zero fillers, huh? additives, or extracts, and who bottles, labels, and packages everything themselves. It's called Hoff Sauce. What? They're a small batch hot sauce company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's won best Louisiana style sauce in the country. How many times? Not once, not twice, three times. Three times! How does that sound, Greg? I think that sounds amazing. You know how you can get your own bottle of no, hot sauce? No, no. Tell me, please, now. Hoffandpepper.com. And not only am I giving you the gift of the best hot sauce that you'll ever taste, I'm going to give you 15% off if you use the code ONETOPIC15. Hold on. That's... Yes. Get a pen and paper. One topic 15 Good. That's O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-1-5. All squished together at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order and your life will be better. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>